Welcome to I'm Game with Fred Croner. Today I am joined by Vic Zimmerman, a former teacher and coach in the Mohammed Seymour School District. More recently, uh, currently the superintendent Monticello, where he's been for the last 15 years and planning to retire at the end of this year. So Vic, first of all, uh, welcome and congratulations. Well, thanks a lot, Fred. It's good to, good to see you and talk to you. Now, I know you're, you're a person originally, you were going to retire a year ago, and, and generally people maybe speed up their retirement, they don't, they don't delay it. So talk about, uh, first of all, why you decided to uh, go an extra year. Yeah, so actually, um, two extra years. I was you know, eligible to retire two years ago, and we just had started a uh, facility project here in Monticello, and then uh, COVID happened. Um, so there's always a lot of loose ends when a superintendent leaves and comes in, and the board and I were talking about it and they asked if I could, you know, if I'd be willing to stay. And I'm like, yep, yeah, I got nowhere to go. So I uh, stayed for an extra two years. And, you know, now uh, COVID's disappeared, apparently. Uh, our facility project is done and uh, it, it feels uh, more like normal every day. So working with our new superintendent uh, who will take over uh, July 1st uh, this summer and excited to see where the where he takes the district. We'll talk about some of the challenges of COVID. I mean, these past two years certainly uh, have been very different, haven't they? Yeah, well, you know, I think the biggest thing for, you know, COVID itself was a challenge because, you know, I, I think we all believed what was coming out of Washington, D.C. right at the beginning uh, in March of 2020. And then as time went on, it became uh, more and more of a, a political question, uh, depending on what channel you're watching or, or who, uh, who's, who's giving you the news. So it's really tough to know exactly what's true and what and what isn't true or what was true or, and what wasn't true. I'm not sure if we'll know for maybe 10 or 15 years uh, when, when the science really gets figured out on it. But um, just specific to schools, you know, part of being in school is being social, being with your friends, you know, hanging out before school, hanging out at lunch, um, do, doing things at school and class and you know, with, with COVID mitigations, you're supposed to be spread apart and wear masks. I mean, we, you know, all the last year we didn't even have uh, lunch. Uh, we had sack lunches at the high school and middle school. So they were grabbing and going on their way out. And I'm sure they got together after school, but that's just not quite the same as, you know, being in school before, uh, before school starts and around lunchtime. And um, it was just nice to, to when, we, when we were able to finally uh, take the masks off and, uh, reduce some of the mitigations uh, March 1st, at least here in, in uh, Monticello, uh, to see all the kids with smiling faces, or at least most of the kids with smiling faces. We still have a few who, who are wearing masks, and that's fine. We still have a few teachers who are wearing masks, and that's fine too, um, but everybody respects uh, everybody's opinion over here, and um, it, it just feels, feels normal now. So talk about some of the rewards of being a superintendent over the years. Well, you know, when you're a teacher, um, you have you can have you have an effect on a on a small group of kids, the kids that are in that are in your specific classroom, and then when you're a, a building administrator, you can have an effect on the, those students in your building, and then but when you're a superintendent, you know, you, you really have an effect on the whole whole community because uh, your your charge is to guide and lead the district uh, under the direction of the school board. Um, to positive places. Uh, so I think that, uh, you know, me personally, I've had a great school board over the last 15 years here at uh, Monticello and then my four years at St. Joe. So it's been a pleasure going to work every day and, and uh, 
you know, making decisions on what's in the best interest of our kids. You know, specific to Monticello, you know, looking around um, when I got here, you know, our our finances were were okay, our uh, test scores were great. It's a great town, low tax rate. Uh, our biggest challenge was our facilities, so we we uh, started a facility uh, planning project with our community. Uh, tried a couple of referendums for a new high school; those didn't pass. So eventually. Uh, we did get one to pass with for a remodel of our high school, and I, I think it's something that our kids and uh, teachers and community uh, deserved was, you know, an upgraded facility uh, to learn in and, and teach in and work in. So, you know, I think that's, you know, so that's completed now. And, uh, and now, you know, the next uh, the next set of challenges for our district will be, you know, upgrading uh, curriculum and and uh, the, the changing tides of curriculum. Um, Going forward, I think that's the number one task of the of the next superintendent here. So you talk about the, you know having an effect on, on the, the whole school, really the, the whole district. But, but the difference is the downside. I would think is, is as a teacher or coach, you establish those relationships. You get to work one on one with kids. Whereas as a superintendent, I, I doubt if you have too many interactions one on one. Do you? Yeah, I mean that's that's one hundred percent true. That the. The farther you get a clay, uh, away from the classroom, the, the fewer and fewer one-on-one uh, -on -one interactions you have. And if you if you do have an interaction with a student, it's it's probably for for really great news, like maybe they got um, appointed to the Naval Academy or West Point, or for really bad news, like maybe they're getting expelled from school. I mean, other than that, uh, professionally, you don't have a lot of one-on-one uh, -on -one, um, interaction with kids, and then especially for me. Our, our boys have graduated. Our youngest, Noah, is uh, a senior at Indiana. So, you know, when our kids were in school, I mean, I knew all the parents because, you know, you hang out with all the parents. Well, then when your kids aren't in school, I mean, you just don't hang out with the parents anymore. So you don't have that friend group. And you aren't as close to the, uh, the kids as you once were. So that, that's also been, you know, a, a challenge for me as well the last couple of years. So talk about when you made the decision to go from being a teacher coach into administration, how, what was that one of the toughest parts of the decision, knowing that you weren't going to have that daily interaction with, with, you know, a select group of kids? Yeah, I'd say that's hundred percent true. You know, I taught sixth and seventh grade middle school. It's, it's not the easiest place to teach, but um, sixth graders still uh, love school and still think their teachers are funny. When you get to seventh grade, things begin to change a little bit. So um, I certainly miss that. And then the coaching, you know, coach track and football uh, during my time at Muhammad and just those one-on-one -on -one relationships that you have with kids and just being a part of the team. You know, that's what, that's, uh, that's what makes it fun. And that's what a lot of, a lot of memories are made um, out on the, on the court or on the field um, during their high school years. So that, that was a difficult transition to make, but, you know, I thought it was a, it was a good time, a great opportunity to, to go from a teacher to uh, uh, Muhammad Seymour High School when Del Ryan was appointed the, the principal there and uh, worked with Del and Marty Williams and Scott Adrian uh, as a, I think we made a great team there. Uh, Dr. Allenbaugh was the superintendent at the time, um, passed a referendum there, uh, did some uh, upgrades to the high school, some additions to the high school, and then the field house as well. I was built when I was there, so that was a really exciting time for the community uh, and the and the uh, school. Uh, now I know they're looking at a, you know either another middle. I guess it's a junior high 
and then possibly a high school at some point again. So, I mean, it, I mean, the, the work is never done, especially in a district that's growing um, like uh, Muhammad is for sure. Well, exactly. And, and you don't want to be in the other situation. You don't want to be where you're in a constant decline because then that uh, creates a whole other set of problems, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I've been really fortunate to have, have uh, worked in three great school districts, Muhammad, which was growing, St. Joe, which is growing and Monticello, which is growing. So I haven't really had the experience of a shrinking district that, you know, that comes with, like, like you said, a whole different set of challenges for the superintendent and the school board to deal with. So going back to Muhammad, what, what are some of the memories of your time there? Maybe more in, in coaching as far as, uh, rather than the, than the teaching aspect, because uh, that, that really gives you an opportunity to, to get to know a lot of the kids on a different level than you just have them in the classroom, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, Frank Dutton was the head football coach and then Tom Schallenberger, so I had, had a great time working with them and and just just the team camaraderie and the team atmosphere uh, during football season was always a lot of fun. And then in track, uh, John King was the the uh, head track coach. I was uh, one of his assistants, worked with mostly field event kids. Um, we had a lot of success, you know, out on the track. Uh, I had a couple state champ pole vaulters, Ben Williams and Brian Clark, so that was a lot of fun. Um, and just you know, the thing about track, it's it, it's not easy because you can't you can't blame it on somebody for missing a block or not not throwing the ball to you. I mean, it's it's all on you when you're out there on the track. So you have to put in the work to uh, to reap the rewards. And uh, you know, I think that's that's my favorite thing about track. It's just you know you against everybody else, and, or you against your own uh, personal record. And uh, I had a lot of fun uh, during that time in the in the spring of the spring of the year. So talk about for, from the time you got into being coaching, was it all part of kind of your master plan to eventually become, uh, get your administrative certificate, become a principal superintendent, or how, how did that part kind of work out? Uh, well, my my uh, dad was a teacher. He taught for 38 years in Paxton. My mom was a teacher. Um, I was going to be a doctor. Uh, well, at least I thought I was. I took Latin in high school, then decided that that wasn't going to work out for me and uh, went to college at the U of I in math um, and just you know fell in love with the idea of, of doing what my mom and dad had done and being a teacher and, and uh, coaching. I don't think anybody plan when they get into teaching plans to be a superintendent, just kind of things kind of kind of work out that way. You know, you try to, I think in life, you try to, to uh, put yourself in a position where uh, as many doors as possible are open for you. You know, it doesn't mean you're always going to go through them. So when I was a teacher, I went back and got my master's in administration. And then once I became an administrator, I went out and got my superintendency and doctorate. I didn't know uh, if that's something that I would do, uh, but I got the opportunity to uh, go to St. Joe's Soup and fell in love with the job and, and uh, probably never would have left St. Joe except for it was just so they have a dual district situation there where there's a high school district and a grade school uh, district. Uh, that's kind of how it works over there on that side of Champaign. Um, really wanted to be in a unit district pre-K to 12 and always had great respect for Monticello. So when this position opened up, I uh, threw my hat in the ring and was fortunate enough to get selected. So it's been a, it's been a great 15 years, you know, the, the typical uh, uh, tenure for a superintendent you know, across the state is, is about uh, three and a half years. Uh, it's it's a longer downstate, um, but, you know, I, I think Muhammad's had uh, four or five superintendents uh, during the time I've, I've been one superintendent. So um, some jobs are tougher than others, and uh, 
you know, I've had, I've had some great ones. How about the, the role models you had as far as your parents, uh, both being in education and of course your dad was a coach and uh, I'm sure you just, you grew up around that and, and kind of heard them talk and, and kind of had a pretty good idea of what you were going to be getting into, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think it's, um, it's a, it's a noble profession to be in. Um, you know, it gets, it gets a little bit of a bad rap in the last few years. If you, you know, you read articles about people leaving the profession and that's true. Uh, but what's more true is, is more people aren't leaving the profession. I mean, there's a, certainly a percentage of people that leave profession, the profession of education, but people leave all kinds of professions. So we're, we're trying to do what we can uh, work with the state legislature and, and our ROEs to try to, to change some, some policies and guidelines to, to try to open up the opportunities to, to uh, recruit more, more people into the profession. I mean, there's, we, we have a lot of uh, second career people, you know, they went into something, they did it for a while, maybe they retired and then decided, you know, it'd kind of be cool to be a teacher. So you have, you have to loosen up the uh, rules uh, at the Illinois state board in order to, uh, to make that happen. But uh, it certainly happened. And I, you know, my dad, there was never a day that he wasn't happy. Um, you know, I, I don't think he ever thought about going to work as a job, he just, he was going to school to teach kids. And, uh, you know, he passed away, um, in 2005. And, uh, as, as visitation, there's a lot of, of, uh, just, you know, hours of hours long visitation, but people were talking more about him as a teacher than as a coach. Well, you, you know, you think you, people remembered you all as a coach, but there was a lot more stories about him as a teacher, which was, which was pretty cool to hear. Well, and you talk about the changes that, that happened over the years. And of course, I'm, I'm old enough to remember there used to be a time you could only be a coach if, if you're a teacher. And so then they take the, the ASAP tab, test and qualify. And that, that really helped get more uh, people in the, in the coaching part of it. So, I mean, there's, there's certainly been changes over the years since you've been involved, haven't there? Yeah, I mean, we, we would we would certainly prefer if, you know, if, if our all of our uh, coaches were teachers, but, that, you know, we're, we're we're probably at about 55% uh, of our uh, coaches are teachers. Um, so you have a lot of uh, non-teaching coaches, which is fine. I mean, that's just, just how it is. If you want to have the sport, you got to have some coaches. And, uh, you know, teaching, teaching has gotten harder over the years. You know, people like to say, well, back when I started, man, it was really tough. But, you know, with uh, just the requirements on teacher evaluation and, you know, the, the time, you know, outside of school and, and the, there's a, there's a lot of communication from parents, both positive and uh, inquisitive, I guess I would say, uh, about you know things that are happening in, in the class. Um, uh, it it, it it's hard on teachers, and then, and then COVID, you know that that wasn't that wasn't an easy situation for teachers. I heard, you know, after that last quarter of the the uh, 1920 school year, where all the schools in the state were closed, that summer we you know we had some uh, parent meetings and some groups to figure out what we we're going to do for the next year and parents said, well, I really, I really uh, learned to appreciate my, my kids' teachers when, when my kids were home for that whole fourth quarter of that year uh, more than I, ever, than I ever did before. So I think there is a newfound appreciation uh, for teachers that uh, came out of COVID. So if you're looking for a positive, I guess that's one of them. You want to talk a little bit about the, the social media aspect and how that's made uh, not only teaching, but you know, administrators' jobs either either I would think harder, but maybe in some ways easier because you can you can also communicate and get messages out to them uh, on a on a very timely basis. Yeah, you know, 
social media and technology, you know, 95% of it's uh, great and it can be used in positive ways, but you know, somebody can find something, something, uh, something negative to do with, with uh, any situation. So, you know, in regard to, to uh, social media, it, it, I mean, I can communicate to 1600 parents and, you know, I could hang up for here. I could put you on hold and I could, I could call all my parents in 30 seconds and get a message out to them if I had to. That wasn't always the case. But then on, on the flip side, you know, social media, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a great equalizer. So you can, you know, you can sit at home and never, you know, never leave your, never leave your house and, you know, put your opinions out there. So, so I guess that's, that's good in some ways, but uh, you know, people tend to put sometimes negative opinions out there um, see if they can uh, get others to join in. Um, so it certainly allows an opportunity for people to, to say whatever they want without, you know, too many repercussions, uh, one way or the other, um, if, if it's chosen to be used that way. But I think, you know, for the most part, social media is a great thing. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to get any less. We're not going to have less social media going forward. It's just going to be different. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, if you look at the, this situation in Russia and Ukraine, I mean, it's, it's, it's always been difficult to get the true story out and, you know, I think people are, are contacting people directly in Ukraine and Russia to, to hear the, the true story. You can kind of go around, you know, you're not going to like this, Fred, but you can kind of go on the media uh, just, just to find out stuff for yourself. Um, so there are, there are a lot of positives to it, but, you know, it does, it does certainly come with its challenges. No doubt. So your mom and dad were both teachers, and then your wife, Lori, was also a longtime teacher in the Mohammed Seymour School District. I would think one of the advantages of that is you kind of know what each other's going through, right? You can kind of relate when they uh, have a bad day or have a good day or something positive happens or something. Crazy. So talk, talk a little bit about that uh, aspect, if you would. Yeah, you know, if, you know, if husband and wife are both teachers, then you can certainly, you know, share stories about what's going on in your class or what, what you know, funny, funny stories about here's what this kid did or here's what this teacher said in the workroom, you know, those types of things that, that's certainly great to have that circle of uh, friendship with your with your spouse and others as a teacher. Now, when I got into administration, um, you know, a lot of teachers like to to uh, or sometimes you know teachers like to uh, second guess the administrators. So um, I certainly had some of that from my wife. Um, had some of that from my wife. So I'd come home and say, "Well, this happened." She, well, you know, maybe you shouldn't have done that. Maybe you should have made this decision. You know, one of the reasons why she. Uh, she wanted to retire. She said, well, it was time, you know, she was 55, but also, you know, if I could just be a teacher and just teach my kids and, you know, keep the principal and superintendent out of my room and keep the Illinois state board from, from putting new requirements on me. Um, you know, I, I'd probably teach forever, but just like every year, there's more and more stuff that we have to do that, that pulls me away from what I really signed up to do, which was which was to work with kids and to teach kids every day. So, you know, that's, you know, that, that's the tough part of the job that we're trying to, trying to work on right now. So talk about, uh, you know, for years and years, your, your schedule has been pretty regimented. I mean, the school day starts at a certain time, ends at a certain time. You may have a meeting at night or something, but what, what's life going to be like for you when you, you don't have to be in the building at a certain time and, and you have this extra freedom? <laughs> Yeah, that's a pretty common question lately. So what are you going to do? Well, you know, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to, you know, I'm keeping my eyes open for opportunities out there. Um, you know, having been in education for 35 years and a suit for almost 20, 
um, you know, I think I could, I could probably do just about anything. I, I just don't know if I want to do just about anything. So I can be uh, pretty picky. I'm pretty sure that I'm not uh, just going to come to a screeching halt on uh, July 1st, or, or I may come to a screeching halt for a couple of weeks, but that's not going to last for, last for a long time. I certainly uh, am going to find something to do. There's all these districts out there that are looking for interim superintendents. You know, we have so many new superintendents, you know, they, they need some uh, veteran experience you know, to come in and meet with them and talk with them and, and be there for them and talk through some things. No superintendent has seen everything, but, you know, a lot of, a lot of us have seen a lot of things um, and we can certainly uh, be there to, to have new soups bounce ideas off of us. Also, again, just back to my experience with, with uh, my relationship with our school boards uh, here in Monticello and St. Joe, it's just always been a real positive relationship. My, our, our boards have always understood that their job was to hire the superintendent and then let them run the district. That's just not always the case uh, at every every school district. So I've been very fortunate that that my the school boards I've worked for understand that. And I think that's something that, that I have some value in that I could go out and help school boards and superintendents kind of get to that point of, uh, you know, here's how it's supposed to run. And here's how it runs the best when it runs this way. Uh, you know, you guys hire the soup, you set the policies, and then uh, let the superintendent uh, take care of the rest. That that's certainly the best model and, and the most successful model I've seen around the state of Illinois. So, do you have anything on your bucket list? Anything that you you definitely want to uh, do or accomplish or uh, look into in the in the next five to ten years? Well, you know, I've, I've been to all fifty states already, so I've already crossed that off the list. Um, you know. My parents being teachers every summer, we went somewhere in some direction and we pulled a, a, a camper behind. So we were kind of free to go anywhere. So I've taken care of that. Lori and I like to travel. So um, I'm sure we'll, we've got some trips planned for next year. We'll, we'll kind of play that out. Um, I'd probably like to go to the masters just to, I'd like to play in it, but you know, I probably won't be able to, but I'd like to just watch it. Um, not a huge bucket list guy but uh, just kind of take it, take it a day at a time and, and, and see how life plays out. Before I let you go, I have one last question and that's kind of how life maybe has come full circle for you. Your, your senior year of high school, you were at Paxton, of course, uh, state runner up in the, in the triple jump. Now your final year superintendent, boys basketball team, state runner up. So kind of in terms of the, the athletic part of it, kind of, uh, kind of come full circle, hasn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, <clears throat> we had a, a Tough last uh, 20 seconds of our state championship game here at Monticello. We had, you know, our, our team is, they're just so fun to watch. Just, just played really well together, you know, uh, very non-selfish, uh, no, no stars. Uh, so, you know, hated for them to get second. But you know, after a couple of days, you, you can kind of sit back and just relish in the fact of the accomplishments that they had that, that they had this year. So, you know, that, that was a lot of fun. You know, when I started in Monticello, we didn't have any state uh, IHSA state trophies. Uh, now we have a, a, a trophy case in the new Seaver center that just has state trophies. So we probably have 10 or 12. So that's been just a lot of fun for me um, as a, just a fan of uh, high school sports and just to, just to see the fun that the kids have and just to be able to, you know, be on the sidelines and, you know, feel like a participant in it, you know, even when I'm not on the field, but just, just, just feel, uh, you know, 
feel the fun and the joy of, of being involved in, in a team atmosphere and a sport. So that's certainly been a, a great time for me as a superintendent here in Monticello. All right. We've been talking today with Vic Zimmerman, the superintendent at Monticello. You have about uh, three months left and then you get the permit. <laughs> uh, final thoughts before I let you go today? Well, you know, you know, like I said before, I've just been very fortunate to work in the districts that I worked in. Um, you know, I was applying for a, a teaching job, Bob. I was student teaching in Urbana High School and Bob Hanlon. Um, you know, most people know him as Moose. He was the principal at the junior high in Muhammad and got an opportunity to interview with him and, and start my career in, in uh, Muhammad. And then, you know, just to, uh, to finish it up here in Monticello, just down the road, you know, it's been uh, just been, been very blessed to, to, uh, to have a, the career that I've had in, in this area of the state that's just been very good to me. So it's just been great. You know, I've just uh, really appreciated everybody and uh, the support along the way and uh, looking forward to see what the next chapter of, uh, of my wife and my, and my own life and our kids' lives brings to us. All right. Well, we certainly wish you the best. And uh, hopefully these uh, last three months just kind of sail through without any kind of problems. Uh, you get through that, uh, get through the graduate. It's all probably downhill after that. So, Paul yeah. Zimmerman, the Monticello superintendent. Thank you very much, Vic. Thanks, Fred. Good to see you.